Welcome to Here's What I Hear, a podcast about reflections and tips about relationships, personal development, and connection. My name is Jesse Hipner, and I'm a counselor and coach. I believe one of the biggest parts about being human is how we are connected to other humans, connected in friendships, intimate relationships with family members, colleagues. We live and die in and out of relationships and how we are connected to others. As a counselor and coach, I have helped many couples and individuals make meaningful and even life-saving changes. In this podcast, I want to share a little bit about what I hear from week to week, and I want to share with you some of the tips about ways to work through similar issues. And so, here's what I hear. Hello, and welcome to another episode Thanks for being here, and I'm excited to talk with you today about this topic. I want to first say before we jump into the topic that if you have been following along or subscribed or listening to some of the prior episodes, I'm sure you may have noticed that my frequency has not quite matched what I had intended or I have said that I would be trying to do to a month. And the reality is, is life over the last couple months, really since the Christmas holidays, has just been really busy and full, both professionally and personally all good things, all things that I've been enjoying. And so frankly, my attention and dedicating the time to doing the podcast has just fallen a little bit to the wayside. But however, I am very committed to continuing to produce these and talk about these topics because at the very least, I enjoy reflecting on the things that I'm noticing coming up for my clients, the people I'm talking with, the people I'm working with. And it's a good way for me alone uh, to be able to just kind of reflect on those and to be able to share with you all uh, what I've been noticing. So I want to make a new commitment that I will continue to produce these podcasts. And my goal is to do two a month and And there may be times where that simply just doesn't happen. Uh, I want these podcasts to be well thought out, good content, good quality, still will be short format, easy to listen to. uh, But I don't want to just produce episodes just out of the sake of getting the content out there. And so that's part of my intention as well, is I want to just make sure that this is uh, good quality information and something that you will enjoy listening to. So um, with that being said, let's jump into the topic for today. So why do we keep fighting? You know, this is probably the main topic that I work with just about every couple and also many individuals uh, with as well. Uh, Frankly, I see it come up as far as conflict in the workplace and with families as well and in personal relationships as well. But certainly it is the most uh, intense in romantic relationships. And so that's what I'm kind of going to be gearing this episode uh, toward that. But it's something that I both enjoy working with what I consider high conflict, high stakes couples. And what I mean by that is high conflict, high stakes, meaning there's a lot of conflict. It feels like nothing can really be resolved. It feels like solutions never happen. Nobody's ever compromising. You never feel heard. You never feel right. It feels like even the smallest things unravel into a whole myriad of uh, issues and, and topics and 
you know, before you know it, you're not even talking about the initial issue. And so a lot of the couples I work with are in that kind of high conflict category. And by high stakes, I mean uh, that most of the couples I work with is not realistic to in that relationship. And so in realistic in the sense of, you know, of course they could do it, but there'd be a huge maybe financial cost. There would also be a big disruption to the family system, uh, to their lifestyle, to their livelihood, you know, friend base family bases. Um, and so there's, you know, high stakes, uh, to make the relationship work. Now that's both a good thing and it can become problematic because of course, if you are, you know, forcing the relationship to work for, you know, those various reasons, it can be a good motivator, right? It can be like, man, we really want to just do whatever it takes to get back on track. And also you may be ignoring, you know, warning signs or, you know, signs that it's time to, it's time to split ways. It's time to, uh, uh, go down that path as well. And I actually don't think that those paths are necessarily mutually separate either. Relationships don't have to end just because there's high conflict. You can, working through this, you can determine, you know, uh, maybe that's just also part of part of that decision process is, you know, that you try to resolve things. Maybe some of the conflict subsided, tensions have subsided, but it's still time to move on. That'll be for another episode down the road. But uh, today I want to talk about simply why do we keep fighting in our relationship? And uh, some of you may know the name Esther Perel, and I'm going to link a a YouTube, a a brief YouTube video. Uh, She's doing uh, an interview and really great, amazing uh, woman in this field of, of relationship therapy, relationship work. She's traveled all over the world. She has tons and tons of experience and knowledge about uh, couples and issues and conflict. And I've adapted what I want to talk about today from that video that I'm going to have linked in the show notes. So I would highly encourage you to check that out well as well. I think that will really help to drive home this idea. I want to start with first defining what is conflict. Okay. And I think this is an area where I find a lot of couples actually don't see healthy conflict through the same lens. I tell clients that my objective is not to eliminate the conflict in the relationship. You may be surprised to hear that, but it's not realistic that there's never going to be conflict in a relationship. Now, of course, it's a realistic hope that the conflict would decrease or that the conflict would not be so unkind or disrespectful or hurtful. That is absolutely realistic. And that is definitely something that I work with my clients on as well is how to actually have good communication, how to express your frustrations, how to even express your anger, your sadness, your disappointment without being unkind and mean toward the other person. That is certainly a key part of this. But I want you to know right now that the goal, in my opinion, and I think this is supported by many others in the field as well, is not that we are eliminating the conflict, okay? So I really want you to think on that. And if you have an issue with that, to wrestle with that, right? Ask yourself, is it very realistic that two people living together 24-7 or, you know, thereabouts for a long period of time, you know, over a year, over five years, maybe over 40 years, is that realistic that there would never be disagreements? My opinion is no. You are two people, you know, or multiple people living under the same roof, 
interacting with the same things on a nearly daily basis, trying to solve and make decisions about just about everything in your day-to-day kind of life. Of course, there's going to be disagreements. And of course, there's going to be conflict about those different opinions. So that's something I think we just really want to establish and is certainly my starting point with this as well. So now that we have that baseline established, that the goal is not to eliminate the conflict, but it's about doing conflict in a productive and healthy way, right? And in that video with Esther Perel, if you watch that, she uses a phrase I think is really good that really encompasses this concept well. And she says that every relationship goes through a phase of harmony, disharmony, and repair. To even summarize shorter, that there is rupture and repair rupture and repair. That repair part is very rarely, I don't even know if I've actually ever had a client come to me and say, we want to know how to make up after the fights we have. It's always, we want to know how to have less fights, right? So I think that right there is very telling that that's a concept First of all, doing conflict well is a concept that very few of us are actually modeled or taught or learn in adolescenthood and early adulthood. We never really learn how to do conflict well. That being the case, the reality of doing the repair after the conflict is even less so modeled, shown, learned, taught, right? And so that is a really key element that I try to talk with clients about is that we are working on figuring out how do we repair from the disharmony? How do we get back into a state of harmony? How do we even increase the duration of harmony? So how do we do that? Well, I think that it starts with understanding why the conflict is happening. And that's where these three core reasons that's coming from Esther Perel, why couples fight, why there is conflict. Number one is power and control. So there is always going to be power and an element of control in a relationship, whether that be a business relationship, a friendship, family relationships, relationships with your children, and of course, romantic relationships. There's power in those relationships, right? There's power dynamics, there's roles, there's understanding, what am I trying to control? What am I trying to influence? I feel like I'm losing control. I feel like control is being taken from me. I feel like power is being taken from me. That is a fundamental element within any relationship. And it's not that we are trying to remove any existence of power and control and remove any kind of roles or even make uh, the roles exactly the same. That's not realistic. It's first and foremost recognizing what is the power and what is the control uh, in the relationship. So what is the power you feel that has been given up or taken away from you? Does it have to do with the finances? Does it have to do with some form of decision-making around with the kids? Does it have to do with intimacy? Does it have to do with vacations, right? So at some point in the relationship, that particular topic may not have been so uh, argumentative or might not have been so emotionally heavy, and that maybe felt more productive. And if you can reflect back on when that was, try to identify what you feel like the control or the power element within that topic. How did that shift? What changed? Maybe somebody lost a job. 
Maybe it was the fact that kids were introduced and that wasn't even really a topic when you first met. Maybe it was there were you know, issues with the economy, issues with your finances, right? And so all of a sudden there's a new element or there's something that has changed within that topic that you haven't really probably addressed or talked about. And now that feels like there's been a power shift or there feel like there's been a, an element that you are trying to control, that you are trying to fight for, right? And so then we want to think about what or who are you trying to control, right? So we're identifying what is the power you feel has been taken away and what or who are you trying to control? Are you trying to control the kids? Are you trying to control your spouse, your partner? What are you trying to control? Are you trying to control you know, your future, what tomorrow holds? And I think it's important to identify that and to wrestle with the reality of how much control do you really have over those things? And are you trying to control them uh, or are you trying to force them into look more like you or operate more like you? The reality is the only thing you can actually truly fully control is yourself and how you respond. I was just talking with a couple this morning about fact that there are going to be triggers. There's going to be things that come up in the relationship that are going to make it really hard to turn that emotional level down and not go into that attack or defensive place and not turn that discussion into an argument. I get that there's going to be triggers, but the fact is even with those triggers, even when this person, the other person is saying something in a very unkind way or a very hurtful way, you have control of how you respond in that moment or what you do with yourself in that situation. You have control over that. Okay. So that's the, the first reason why couples fight is fighting over power, fighting over control, right? Number two is this closeness and care. And what that means is I, I think it's an interesting thing that um, I hear often from clients and, and others I talk to is like, you know, well, my, they never talk. They never talk to somebody at work like that. I've never seen them talk to their, to their friends like that. They don't talk to their family members like that. Why do they have to be so unkind, so, so hurtful toward me, so mean toward me? Can't you just talk to me like you're, you're uh, a coworker, right? Well, the reality is, is that there's really nobody else in that type of relationship than your partner and you. That's a very unique relationship. Now there is one exception to that, and that is with your parents. And if you look back when you were in your childhood, in your adolescenthood, in high school, early adulthood, I can just about guarantee that the way you argue, the way you do conflict, the way you express your disagreements or your frustrations with your partner, very similarly, if not almost exactly the same mirrors that conflict you had with your parents. So there is that little tidbit that I think is an interesting thing to unpack and is why, at least in my approach, I really do go back a lot on understanding uh, that parental and, and child dynamic from your early childhood. Is Yes, it's the past. It's not about bringing old bones out of the closet, but the reality is, is that's still you. The, your, the past is your past, and that still makes you it is part of who you are made up to be today. So we need to understand that. We need to have an awareness and we need to have some curiosity and investigation into uh, that background in, in that early childhood. But the reality is, is you are so close to each other, whether that be in proximity, you know, being in the same room or the same house, 
sharing things together, whether that be, you know, completely sharing finances or in some way, you know, sharing a home together, sharing your, your uh, possessions together, having a family together, doing vacations. I mean, what colleague do you go on vacations with, right? Or, or you know, uh, that's not at all a work trip. You know, maybe you have some friends that you do that with, but, you know, certainly sleeping in the same bed or, you know, sharing that intimacy together in, in you know, an emotional or, or physical or spiritual intimacy, right? You're really not doing that with anybody else other than your partner or your spouse, right? So there's that closeness. There's also this piece of, you know, at the end of the day, I believe you really care about this person and they really care about you. I, I tell us to clients all the time. Like, I don't think you would be here unless there was that element of caring for this person. And sometimes it's it, the, the saying is true. The people we love the most, we can hurt the most. And we sometimes do hurt the most, right? We know their buttons. We know what sets them off. And whether or not we bring that up in an argument consciously or subconsciously, we know what makes this person tick and that closeness and that care for them is absolutely a contributing factor. So understanding that is a, an important part of recognizing some of the conflict cycles you're in, you know, recognizing, okay, look at how close we are. Look at all the things that we are doing together. No wonder we are fighting so much. And I would encourage you not to really use a, you know, keeping score or a tally uh, and of how much conflict you're having on a week to week basis. I used to do that earlier on in my practice. And I really don't find that that to be beneficial. Like when we're measuring progress of, okay, we used to fight every day. Now we're only fighting three days out of the week because it's really a very arbitrary and I don't find it to be a useful measure of the health of a relationship. It's more about uh, how the conflict is being done and the repair. So remember that the fact that the conflict is happening is a product of the closeness and the care you have in the relationship. And it really has much less, the frequency has, has much less to say about the health of the relationship than you might even realize. Uh, in fact, in that video, you'll see Esther Perel says, it's a good thing to argue. You should argue every day. You should have a, you should have fights more often with when couples come and they say they're not arguing and I say, okay, you need to argue, right? And that's something I certainly tell clients too. I say, well, you know, the fact that you're arguing, at least you're talking about this. At least you're not totally avoiding it. You know, I have clients that do come to me that, that aren't really having any conflict at all. And I know for sure there are things that they have that they're not bringing up. That's just, that's just reality, right? This, this, this idea that there's like the perfect harmony in relationship, but there's never conflict is just not realistic. And so, uh, that's where if that, you know, at least you are arguing about it, at least you are in one way or the other communicating about it. Now, can the communication increase? Yes, of course. That's what we're talking about. And can the repair be better? Yes. That's what we want to focus on. Okay. And the third piece is the respect and recognition. It's a human desire within all of us to be respected and recognized. And when you don't feel like you are getting respect or recognition, oftentimes because of our nervous system, because of the way that we are wired to fight, flight, or freeze, we respond out of that feeling in a very emotionally heavy attack or defend way, right? So when we feel like we're not getting respect in, from our spouse or we're not getting recognized, we will fight for that, right? Because even if you avoid, 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 there are going to be moments where that comes up where you are really want that, right? And so being able to communicate, hey, I don't feel like I'm getting recognition in the relationship. I don't feel respected by my spouse. I don't feel respected by my partner, 
Okay. And also, what does that mean? How do we define that? That's not my definition. It's how you specifically define that. What what is respect to you? What does that look like? How would they show you that? How would you feel respected? What would make you feel recognized and, and, and seen in the relationship? Right. And so, uh, sometimes the arguments aren't even about the topic at all you're getting getting into. And I think that's one of the reasons why the kitchen sink, you know, kind of thing comes in. If you've heard that analogy before where, you know, you're talking about one thing and then it goes another, another thing, another thing, another thing. And before you know, you don't even know what you're arguing about. And part of that is because you just want to be heard, respected, recognized, right? And so we need to take a step back. We need to first talk about that, right? We need to talk about that again. We need to talk about that over and over and over again about how do we feel recognized? How do we feel validated? How am I seen by my partner? How do they show me that, right? And so talking about that before even any other particular, you know, topic you're trying to solve, that respect and recognition is so important. What we need to work on is recognizing and communicating with our partner our unmet needs. I see that in this respect and recognition piece that a lot of times, uh, you know, people just say, well, they just need to give me that respect, right? They need to show me that again. It maybe kind of goes back to number two, a little bit of like, why can't they just talk to me? You know, like they talk to a coworker, but that's, that's not how it works in long-term healthy relationship. The responsibility is on you to recognize and to communicate your unmet needs. Making assumptions, taking a guess at why the other person is not happy or not, not, not feeling well or upset or angry, taking a guess and trying to meet some type of need is more than likely not going to go well. Yeah, you may, you may hit a home run every once in a while, and that's great. Over time, absolutely, your knowledge of what, what, what makes them tick and, and, and how you can help them over the successes, uh, absolutely, that can happen more. But we need to first recognize that it's our responsibility to recognize and to communicate our unmet needs, what is making us feel that way, right? So, so that's a big part of that respect and rec- recognition. So let me just summarize real quick. So talked about power and control. Uh, what is the power or in the, in, what is the power dynamic that you feel is taken away? What are you trying to control or what do you, how do you f- might feel that you're trying to be controlled? That's a big reason that contributes to arguing uh, and, and bickering and, and conflict. The fact is, is just closeness and care. Number two, closeness and care, right? So the fact is, is that you're uh, very close to this person in proximity and you're in, in so many areas of life with this person and you care for this person. They care for you. So there's a desire to really fight for the relationship and that can be a positive and uh, a negative thing. And then lastly, the desire, the, the, the genuine deep human desire within all of us for respect and recognition. So I hope that was helpful. Again, be sure to check out the show notes. Uh, In particular, check out that link to the Esther Perel uh, video. I think you'll hear definitely some similarities in uh, her video as well. And um, I can't wait to share another episode with you in a couple weeks. So tune back in then. Hey, I want to extend an offer to you. The fact that you made it here to the end of the episode tells me that something that I am talking about in these episodes is resonating with you. And for some reason, we are connected through this effort. So if you enjoyed this episode or you've been enjoying other episodes that you've been listening to and you're finding things helpful or insightful, I would love to work with you. 
If you are struggling in a relationship perhaps, or you're trying to overcome a challenge in life, I want to meet with you through a free consultation. That free consultation is just a chance to meet with me, to share a little bit about yourself, and for me to offer you some insights and some feedback. My goal in those consultations is to give you as much as I can, as much as I know about relationships and personal development. There's truly no strings attached. It's simply a one-on-one space with a professional to get feedback directly about what you are going through and what you are trying to work toward. So check out the show notes for a link to schedule with me. Quick note for a liability reasons, I am not your counselor. Okay, if you think I'm your counselor, that's probably a good indicator you need counseling. Now, of course, if you're in the Denver metro area or frankly anywhere in Colorado, I would love to explore working with you. And so, like I mentioned before, check out that consultation call and I would love to talk with you more about that. But just listening to this podcast and following me does not equate to being in treatment with me. I just need to make that clear. And lastly, and most importantly, if you're struggling with thoughts of wanting to kill yourself, wanting to die, or feel like there's no way out, I want you to know there is hope and there is help. And I want you to get that help immediately. A good option is frankly the emergency room. They are equipped to help you. And if you're in the United States, we have a three-digit suicide hotline and it is 988. All right. Thanks.